all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Ah, feel the woe with Listerine at BJ's. You can save $2.50 now on Listerine products like Total Care Anti-Cavity Fluoride Fresh Mint Mouthwash or Cool Mint Pocket Packs Fresh Breath Strips at your nearest BJ's location. Experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with Listerine. Discount available through December 24th. Save now only at BJ's. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center, One Church in Global Locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. I am unconditionally loved by God and at Harvest. I come to him just as I am, but I won't stay as I am because the message I'm prepared to receive will make me more like the great I am. I am blessed and I am favored in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Remain standing. I want you to go to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs deals with wisdom. Say wisdom. It's different than being smart and wise. You can be smart, but, but lack wisdom. Wisdom is the appropriate way to apply knowledge. Wisdom is a shortcut. Uh, Proverbs 4, 7. Listen to this. Wisdom is the principal thing. Now, principal thing there in Hebrew means wisdom is the first fruit. Say first fruit. He says, therefore, what you need to get? Some wisdom. Not another relationship. Not another 12 steps of this and 10 steps of that. He said, you need to get some what? Wisdom. Look at your neighbor and say Wisdom. And then look what he says. And in all you're getting, make sure that you understand it. Can I say something to you? You've been through enough hell in your life to where you ought to have more wisdom and more understanding. And I don't know about you, but I think there's a few people in here that say, Bishop, I've cried enough tears. I've had enough drama. I've had enough issues to where I'm not just going to have knowledge, but I'm going to have wisdom. And then I'm going to also have understanding. Father, I decrease now that you might increase. Speak to us over these next few moments that we would move and walk on everything you have ordained. In Jesus' name, we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, high five two or three people say, I wish you would have told me that. I wish you would have told me that. Uh, I'm going to move right into this because we got a lot of ground to cover today. Uh, I've taught a lot on marriage, dating, and all relationship types right from the Bible uh, before in the series like we've talked about, relationship revolution, love and relationships, why did I get married, and so many other series. And in today's message, I want to teach you uh, what Proverbs calls the first fruits. It's wisdom. Now, the principle of first fruits works like this. If whatever the first fruit is, so is the rest. Think of it in the terms of a tree. Whatever the first piece of fruit from that tree is, the principle of first fruit says whatever that first fruit is the rest of the tree is also so it says wisdom is the first fruit which means this if i make wise decisions today that wise decision will prevail tomorrow 
if I do something wise today, I'm going to see the fruit of that tomorrow. Whatever the first fruit is, the rest is also. I came to announce to somebody that today is the beginning of a new first fruit in your life. Listen, what are you saying? Your stupid days are over. Your unwise days are over. Your time-wasting days are over. Touch your neighbor say, it is a first fruit. Which means I'm going to make some smart decisions today that are going to go into my 2016 and my 2017 and my tw- You're setting yourself up today for the next decade of your life. And I'm here to tell you the nightmare is over. I'm here to tell you the drama is over. I'm here to tell you the frustration is over. Somebody shout, I believe it. Now watch this. If your neighbor's got a stink attitude, switch seats with them now so that they don't uh, mess up what God's getting ready to do in your life. So if I just told you to say I believe it and you saw your neighbor didn't move, just look at him and say, please get up and move somewhere else. Because this row here is the surging row. You do know you're in a surge, a sudden powerful forward or upward movement. And if you want to sit there and look stank and look like you got a messed up attitude, that's why you ain't got no good relationships. That's why your family jacked up. That's why your money jacked up. But somebody in here is going to hear this word and walk in this word and move in this word. And if you are, somebody holler. Your life is where it is because of your decisions. And while some people like to blame everything that happens in their lives on God, wisdom looks back to determine where we could have made better decisions. And when we do that, sometimes we say this to ourselves, I wish somebody would have told me that. You ever looked back and got mad at the fact that when you were in some stuff, nobody told you what they could have told you? Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right, so I'm going to give you six principles, six first fruits, six principles of wisdom to help you in all relationship types. Now, some of them are going to hit in a few different areas more specifically, but we got to hit these six. Number one, not talking about something doesn't make it go away. Not talking about something doesn't make it go away. Living in denial of reality creates a false sense of happiness because you're not addressing the obvious 800-pound gorillas in the room and the red flags right in front of you. And anybody can be happy in a video game. Anybody can be happy in pretend world. Just because you don't talk about it does not make it go away. It does not mean you dealt with it. Watch this. It doesn't even mean you've forgiven and moved on from it. It just means you've learned how to not talk about it. Which is the reason why when it shows back up, it throws you off. Why? Because you called yourself dealing with it. You didn't deal with it. You just stopped talking about it. Which is why some folk, it'll take them, watch this, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years even. I just heard of a pastor and his wife, they've been married for 50-something years and they're getting a divorce because she's cheating. You know why? Because they ignored stuff thinking that they dealt with it. Y'all, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Now, now, talking about it does not mean you've dealt with it. So here's the principle, watch this, don't precipitate, communicate. Precipitate means to act violently or violently or unwise. But, but a lot of times what we do is, is we, we just ignore stuff, hoping that one day it's just going to go away. Hoping that it's just going to get better. And watch this, you'll even make it spiritual. You know, the Lord is working. Right? He's waiting on you to open your mouth so he can work through you saying something. If somebody's stepping on your foot and you standing there just mad, precipitating, getting angry and acting unwisely, you need to look over and say, partner, step on my foot one more again. Do it one more time. You can't be mad at people because they don't know what it is that's going on in the first place. And all that passive aggressive behavior, well, they ought to catch my vibe. This is not an R. Kelly video. We're not supposed to catch vibes. That's not the way it works. 
Number two, their past experiences explain their present condition. Now, we're dealing in all relationship settings, and some I'm going to deal specifically with singles and marriages and all that, but we're just dealing with all relationship settings. Why so Because the reality is, is we need help to relate to everybody. Now, their past experiences explain their present condition. Not knowing the past of the people you have close relationships with will cause a repetition of that past. And it doesn't protect the relationship, it sabotages it. If you got friends and you say, well, you know what, they're past, they're past, and I don't want to know about it, you are stupid. Bishop, that's mean. I can say it meaner. Stupid as, as some stuff. Bishop, that's rough. Sometimes you just need it rough. I can Tina Turner. Tina was doing a song and she said, every now and then I think you might like to hear something from us. Rough. But I, I just don't want to know where they've been. You're crazy! If you don't know where they've been, you don't understand why they are the way that they are. Which means before you get in my house, before you riding in my car, before you up all around me, I need to know where you've been. Their past experiences explain their present condition in every context. Were they abandoned? Now it explains you why they don't value you because they don't have a value for anybody because they were never valued. So because they were dropped, they don't have a problem dropping you. And because you never asked, you don't understand why they act so crazy. Were they rejected? Rejected people like to preemptively reject. Rejected people like to beat you to the punch. So, but, but you never asked, so you don't know. That's why you have some friends that just fall off the face of the planet and you're wondering what in the world happened to you. It's because they've been rejected and because they've been rejected, they have no concept of value for other people. They figured once you found out more about them, you were going to quit them. So they quit you before you could quit them. That way they can say, I left them. What are their family dysfunctions? Please understand, you are dealing with a person that's got between two and 400 years worth of generational history. The scripture says, and the sins of the fathers of previous generations visit to the third and fourth generation, which means you are dealing with between two and 400 years worth of history. And if you don't know what you're dealing with, you'll just think, oh, so-and-so, they so funny. That ain't funny. That's a curse. Okay, y'all, y'all ain't, y'all ain't, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I, I preach, Bishop. Yes, sir. Uh, all right, watch this. What are their insecurities? They don't have none. No, no, they got one. It's called a lie. It's quiet here. What are they insecure? What are they scared of? Insecure, meaning they don't have a firm footing. What don't they have a firm footing in? Because wherever they don't have a firm, firm footing, they're going to slip. And guess who's going to slip with them if you're connected to them? What are their struggles? What do they struggle with? They ain't as holy as you think. They ain't as sanctified as you think. They ain't as churchy as you think. They know how to hot tie tied row 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 and Mitsubishi Subaru and Honda up in here but there's some other words they be using during the week y'all not gonna say nothing to me they, they know how to act spiritual up in here but I'm here to tell you I didn't seen some of y'all out and you didn't know you was getting scoped out but aren't you glad that even when you make a mistake is there anybody that's glad for his goodness his grace and his mercy have five three people say i've made some mistakes but he still loves me i i've had some failures but he still loves me i i didn't get it right every time but he still what what are their struggles what about their trust issues 
Liars normally don't trust. Woo, hello. If you struggle with trust, you probably a lie. And the reason you can't believe nobody else is because you a lie. And since you a lie, you figure everybody else is a lie. I feel like preaching up in here. Ain't nobody got to say nothing to me. I preach my own self happy. Your trust issues ain't because of me. Your trust is because of you a lie. I feel him right through here. Is there anybody? Is there anybody? You know I'm telling the truth. Touch your neighbor, say neighbor. I know he's telling the truth. Watch. What what did they lie about? Next time they answer the phone, all relationship contacts, friends, family, everything. Say, no, don't leave, stay right here. Unless it's the employer and you're dealing with classified information that ain't none of your business. Next time they answer the phone, say, answer right here. Because if they lie, what do they lie about? I just told her that so she'll go, I just said that, so this, uh-huh. I need to know what you lie about. Because it'll tell me what you'll lie to me about. You sitting up here acting confused, bamboozled, and hoodwinked like you didn't know what it was when you got it. You watched them sit up and lie to folk on the phone. Who in the heck are you to think they ain't going to sit up and lie to you? You watched them dishonor a man of God which has a penalty. Who are you? Now this doesn't mean you condemn people for their past, but it's wise to know it. In fact, you can see this principle in, the, uh, in play with Jesus and the 12 disciples that were closest to him in Matthew chapter 10. In Matthew chapter 10, we're not going to flip there. You can read it, verses 1 through 4. It, ta- it names the 12. Say it names them. But then it also names many of their past occupations and their family histories because their past experiences explain their present conditions. You understand why they are the way that they are and the Bible takes time to tell you where they're from and tell you who they're related to. So-and-so is related to so-and-so. That's why the Bible even lists out genealogies. Why? Because you need to know that their present condition is a result of their past experiences. And if I don't know their yesterday, I have no clue where they're at today. And where you want to be is not where you're at. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is every context. This is every single context. You got friends. Friends. Now, watch this. You, you have friends. Watch this. And, and you, they in your life, and you ain't never asked them question. Pregunta. Tell me why X is like X. Whatever X is. X, the unknown in mathematics. He's just sitting there and saying, no, just because they're anointed and don't nobody understand them and all that. In 50 years, they didn't find one person to understand them. Preach, Bishop. These people seem to think that I'm studying them saying something to me or not. Number three, single doesn't mean alone. And let me say this, and nor does it mean something is wrong with you. That always chase new relationships have an internal deficit. They attempt to fill with other people, but it doesn't work. That's why some people get married and are still lonely. It's quiet here. 
1 Corinthians 7, 6-8 teaches us that while you're single, you've been given a gift to allow you to discover and create who you are. Are you a 7-Eleven or are you a Ruth's Chris? One's open all night, one charges a high price. Singleness is a gift to allow you to discover what you like, what you don't like, what can you tolerate, what won't you tolerate, what are your deal breakers, what do you have to offer besides baggage and dreams. It's a gift that allows you to prepare for long-term success in marriage, spiritually. That means you're faithful to church and serving. Emotionally, that means you have no baggage. If you, a bishop, what's baggage? If you can talk about it and still get emotional about it, you're not over it. It's still baggage. It allows you to prepare your hygiene and your physical appearance to be the best you. It allows you to prepare financially. You got to have some good credit. If they ain't got good credit, please understand. I'm working on it. Well, you work that out and then we'll talk. But you ain't bringing that dump truck up in here so they merge our tri-merge reports. I had a 754 before I met you, and I'm not finna judge. Y'all not saying nothing to me because Christian people don't like to talk about this stuff. The Lord will work it out. No, he won't. All right, you work it out, but we ain't signing, co-signing for nothing until you get that worked out because you ain't bringing all of that drama up over here to this here. It's quiet up in here. Preach, Bishop. All right, integrity. What's this? It allows you to prepare and be integral. It means you fix the flaws in you that you wouldn't want from them. It's amazing how you got an expectation that you don't fulfill. I want somebody to open up and communicate. You don't communicate. <laughs> it's quiet here. Now, let me say this to the single people because we're just hitting principles everywhere. This one just the single people. Just because you haven't found your fit doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And watch this. People will say, you ain't never going to find that. No, no, no. Just because you're not what I'm looking for does not mean that what I'm looking for don't exist. Don't rush and settle because you'll become a statistic, which takes teach us to principle number four. Every marriage will not last. Or relationship period. 50% of first marriages end in divorce. 67% of second marriages end in divorce. 73% of third marriages end in divorce. And that happens for two reasons. Number one, because God doesn't put every one of them together. God will not stop you from being dumb. Mark 10, 9 says that only what God has put together, no man can put asunder. Now, there's a principle here. The principle is that whoever and whatever puts something together is the only thing that has the power to take it apart. So if sex puts it together, sex will be while it fails. If money put it together, money will be while it fails. If desperation puts it together, desperation will be while it fails. If you caught them on a rebound so you didn't have to deal with your hurt from yesterday, that'll be why it fails. If they were rejected, that'll be why it fails. If you're dissatisfied with yourself personally, that'll be why it fails. If you're lonely, that'll be why it fails. Whatever puts it together will be the, re the only thing that has the power to pull it apart. See the scripture, Mark 10, 9. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. Now, Jesus is responding because they're saying to him, well, uh, Lord, teach us about this thing as it re relates to divorce. And so please understand, God came up with the concept of divorce. Moses permitted it. Moses permitted it because the, the men, they were treating the women very, uh, 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 let's just call it what it is. They were treating them very uh, uh, wrong. They were being cruel. They were being mad. They were being angry because they felt stuck. And so the certificate of divorce, which the scripture sometimes refers to as putting her away, or the certificate of divorce, it was created, watch this, by God and permitted through Moses. So that men couldn't justify poorly treating their wives. Or oh, you didn't know that part, huh? Now, well, Bishop, what's the principle? Which means uh, uh, that's what Jesus is uh, responding to on the initial surface. But then look at verse 9 again. The principle is whatever puts it together has the ability to separate it. Got it? 
So when loneliness puts it together, you just want somebody around to go eat. You want a shopping buddy. Say amen, because I feel something going to come right back from right, I think it's right there. I feel something, and I don't want to say it because they're going to have to cut it out the CD. It's right there. I feel it. If I step right there, I might say something. I just, let me stay over here. Let me stay right over here. Mark that spot, because if I go over there, I'm going to say something. Listen, what's special about that? I don't know. I just see it right there. If I get right there, I just think I'm going to say it. It's right there. If that's what pulls it together, that's what will take it apart. That's the only thing that has the power to take it apart. Got it? If running from baby mama drama is what put it together, new baby mama drama will be what pulls it apart. <sighs> Second reason every marriage or relationship for that matter of any kind won't, won't work. Uh, well, in this specific context, it deals with marriage. When you date wrong, you marry wrong. When you marry wrong, it won't last long. When you date wrong, you marry wrong. When you marry wrong, it won't last long. That's, now, here's what's funny. I see people all the time think they're going to beat the system of God. And it's really, it's, really, it's, really nice. it's really neat. It's really neat to see. The relationship will eventually die because marriages, listen to me. Do, listen to me. Listen, Linda. Marriages don't fail years in. Some of y'all looking at your family. They were married for 30 years and then all of a sudden. No, 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 no. What no then all of a sudden? No. It failed 30 days in. It took 30 years to manifest what was clear 30 days in. Y'all not saying nothing to me. When you date wrong, you marry wrong. When you marry wrong, it won't last long. And the relationship will eventually die because marriages don't fail years in. They fail up front while the foundation is being established. And if it's built on the wrong foundation, listen, eventually something happens to compensate for that. Just like a building. If a building's foundation is off, watch this. They can build a house. Anybody ever had a house with foundation problems in it? Okay, I'm just trying to give you a point of reference. Uh, if you've not, let me tell you what happens. If the foundation's got issues, what happens is, is they can build a house. Say build a house. They can put granite countertops and wonderful marble floors. And they can, I mean, they can make it nice. You hear what I'm saying? They can give you a nice whirlpool tub, a nice big old thick shower head that's about this big. Fit a whole person up under one shower head. All is here. They can do all of that. And it can be marvelous. They can have nice uh, art deco and this and that and all that. And it can be just marvelous. Wonderful, beautiful cherry wood cabinets and stainless steel appliances and, and hardwood floors. I mean, it can just be awesome. But if that foundation's messed up, watch this. You'll move in, put your stuff in there, put your artwork up, invite people over, have parties. And the whole nine. And then all of a sudden, watch this. In one of the rooms, you'll see a crack. They're not talking to me. Why? And you'll think the crack is coming from something going on inside the house. It's not. It's coming from what's happening up underneath the house because when the foundation is jacked up, the house begins to crack and it cracks here and it cracks there. I don't know why this. It cracks here. It cracks there. And you're fighting over money, but it ain't really money. It's the foundation. And you're fighting over kids, but it's not really kids. It's the foundation. And you're fighting over this, but it's not really that. It's the foundation. And so something has to happen in the building to compensate for a messed up foundation. It's quiet in this church. It's quiet in this church. And here's the issue. It's difficult to fix the foundation of a building with people, cars, children, and credit in it. Some people say, we're just going through in our marriage. You know, okay, let me just help you. Help them, Bishop. Because you didn't move a bunch of stuff in a house that the foundation wasn't ready yet. 
So now you're trying to fix the house with foundation problems. And when you do that, the foundation has to be dug up. Has to be dug up. And now you got to go find where did it go wrong in the foundation? Because if we don't fix this, the house is going to fall. We can put as much tape and spackle and, 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 and what they call it, sheetrock and, and the sheetrock tape. I don't know. Is that what it's called? What is it? Sheetrock tape? Or do I have no special name? Or is, oh, really? It's just sheetrock tape. Uh, oh, okay. And guess what? The house is still going to fall. You can put as much anointing oil as you want on it. Shut up. Jesus. And it's still going to fall. Why? Because your problem ain't in the house. Your problem is in the foundation. And in a marriage, the foundation is when you dated. And if you date wrong, you marry wrong. And if you marry wrong, it ain't going to last long. You can tape it together for five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. This is why some of y'all see people who like they 75, 85, you know, pushing 90, talking about it ain't working out, baby. And you're thinking, Big Mama, you didn't been in this thing. What? It's because now there's nothing else to put tape on. The kids moved out. That was a nice distraction for a while because we got to go run over here for football. Got to go over here for volleyball. Got to go over here for this. Got to go to the birthday party. Got to go to that. And now they grown. <laughs> Preach, Bishop. Marriage is best when two people complement one another, not compete with one another, nor complete one another. Then it's, then it's not like milk, which spoils over time. It's like wine, and it gets better over time because you grow together instead of growing apart. And you're only able to do this when you marry because you're 100% fine with who they currently are, not who you hope they'll one day become. If you're not 100% fine with what you're signing for when you take the deal, Say, it ain't deal time. Well, I was saying that's what you say to him, but amen, that'll work. That'll work too. It's not deal time, but I'm just wishing and praying. Okay, good. I'll see you in the office. Go on, schedule an appointment now. You'll be in there after a while. Judge Maybelline, I'll call her. I'll call her up so she can get ready for you. But what's the new judge now? Judge Toller. I'll call Judge Toller, Lynn Toller. Divorce court, you understand? What's this? You can't beat the system. You don't have good enough cooking. You don't have. Yeah, I promise you, you don't. Say amen. I, see, y'all let me. Okay, I'm in a spot. Ain't nothing you do that's going to be that good to where you can beat the system. Eventually, the foundation will give way. That's which takes me to point number five. Sex doesn't solve anything. God created sex to be enjoyed in marriage and outside of marriage, there is no condom for your heart. Tell about strap up. Yeah, you can't strap that up. You can't strap up your mind. You can't strap up your emotions. You can't strap up your self-esteem. You can't strap up your self-worth. 
1 Corinthians 6, 15 through 17 teaches us that sex creates more than just a physical connection. It's a spiritual and a soul connection. What is your soul? Your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions, which means when you have sex, you are connecting with people on all three levels of your humanity, and you are creating what is a false marriage. And that's why the Bible calls sex before marriage sin. It'll be hard to have a great marriage while your soul and spirit is falsely married to multiple people. And polygamy in the United States is a crime. And that's why some uh, single folk can't ever seem to identify a good match because you got too many false marriages already. So it'd be wrong for God to send you another because you're what Proverbs 25, 26 calls a muddied spring and a polluted well is a righteous man who gives way to the wicked. So I got a demonstration for you. This is you. <laughs> Put that verse up. See the verse? Righteous man. Now who's righteous? We are. Why? If you're a Christian, if you're not, you're going to be one in a minute. When you're a Christian, God gives us his righteousness. It means his right standing. Got it? And I love this analogy. When you pay your cell phone bill, you're in right standing with them. So it's wrong for that lady to answer the phone and talk about we can't connect. You're in right standing. When you pay your XL energy bill, you're in right standing. So if you come home and the lights ain't working, it's going to be trouble. <laughs> trouble. Watch. Here's you. Who this here? That's just my Who the hell can I say? They don't know that here. Okay. Now watch this. Here you are. I love God. You don't love God? What's wrong with you? Now watch this. And then when you was 14. Oops. It just happened. Problem is, you were the only one pouring something. Because you didn't know what was in them. And you didn't know that while well, that was you and them, it wasn't you and them, it was you and everybody else they'd been with. So now, wait a minute. I really like God. <laughs> You don't like God? Ain't nobody perfect, God. Everybody makes mistakes, God. So now, watch this. Now, you're 16. 17, 18, 19, 20, whatever. Pick a number. Your pollution, they pollution, is now their pollution. Bishop, what's the pollution? All three levels of humanity. Physically, spiritually, soul your mind your thoughts your will your emotion that's why they're gone but you still think like them that's why they're gone and you're still insecure and i hear some married people saying bishop this don't apply to me no that's why you can't enjoy who you have because you're still married to others i'm gonna preach my own it ain't, the people ain't got to say nothing to me and so now 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 they're like i love god and then, okay, yes, sir. So now they didn't pour it into that one, but then y'all was sharing. So now everybody polluted. 
And can't nobody act right. Can't nobody think right. Can't nobody talk right. Can't nobody, can't nobody do that. And now everybody, that water started out white, started out pure rather. Now everybody's polluted. Everybody's gracious. That's good. I ain't going to mess this nice table up. Look at my illustration. Everybody's polluted. It's quiet here. Because you got all these false spiritual marriages. You lay down with one, got up with 32. God, I didn't mean to. God says, I know the issue though is everybody's polluted now. Can't think right, don't act right. You ever had a friend that you knew they was offering some stuff they didn't have no business offering to? Because you're like, what is your, what are you, what? What are you doing? What is your problem? Because they're polluted. And the book says, Proverbs verse, the book says, he says, when you falter before the wicked, you're a murky spring and a polluted well. You got all these fake false spiritual and soul marriages sometimes in church they call them soul ties but a better word than tie is a false marriage because paul said do you not know that when you become one with a harlot you're putting you make your members one with her you are one with her a harlot means a harmongler harmongler is the long form king james word for hope Now, now, don't don't get all bitch out. Come on, listen, really? That's Bible. And so now, you're talking about bishop, I'm ready to get married. You ain't wearing white, is you? (laughs) Now, I'm being funny. He thinks he's getting this. He don't know this is what's really going on. She thinks she's getting this. This is what's really there. So you ain't talking to them. You're talking to their 32. I'm going to spend time here because ain't nobody saying nothing. So you talking and they're like, that's not what I said. But that's what they heard because they didn't hear you talking. It was like when one person talks, it's like 32 people talking at the same time. No. What? I didn't even ask you a question that required a yes or no. Bishop, what are we to do? Now watch this. Even if you're married now, watch this. You must divorce yourself from previous sexual partners through the power of prayer. Because it's affecting your ability to have intimacy. And I'm not talking physical intimacy. I'm talking about soul and spiritual intimacy. Because parts of you are still falsely married to other people. Okay, watch this. Matter of fact, lay your hands on yourself. Say your name. Say in the name of Jesus. I've heard the word. I've heard a revelation. I have an understanding. And in this moment, I ask that the blood of Jesus would cleanse me from all illegal previous sexual relationships so that I will not be a murky spring or a polluted well. In Jesus' name, I am set free right here 
right now give him praise even if you're mayor you ought to be shouting the most you ought to be shouting the most watch this now watch this sex may be seated sex may prolong a broken relationship but it will not fix it I said it may prolong a broken relationship, but it will not fix it. A great example of this is in Genesis 29. You can read it in your own time. Leah, now you remember Leah. We talked about Leah. Leah was, was the wife that Jacob was given by Laban. Jacob was tricked by Uncle Laban, and Laban was like, take Leah. He thought he was getting Rachel. Uncle Laban gave him Leah. And so watch this. The Bible says in Genesis 29 that the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, which means Jacob didn't want her. He didn't love her because, watch this, he was stuck with her. So in Genesis 29, it shows Leah in denial about the fact that Jacob doesn't love her. He's stuck with her. So she thinks having more sex and having more babies will somehow solve the sad reality about their relationship. She thinks if I give him another baby, it's going to get better this time. And you, she says it to her. She names her children after this denial. She says, one, she names Levi, which means to be attached to. It's where the concept of the priesthood comes from. She says, now my husband will be attached to me. Then it don't work. Then she's like, well, let's have another. 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 And then one point she says, she, then she has Judah. And she says, listen, she said, Judah uh, means praise. She, she said, listen, uh, now uh, the Lord is, uh, listen, I, I'm not, listen, I love me. And so if Jacob don't, that's fine. Look, Genesis 29, 35, y'all on it back there. And she conceived again and bore a son. And she said, listen, I'm not trying to make this fool love me. He doesn't. And that ain't my loss. That's his loss. So how did she end her childbearing? She named her last child Judah. She named her last child praise. She said, I'm going to stop focusing on flesh. And I'm going to start focusing on Jesus. And the Bible says she stopped bearing. Why, Bishop? Because she came out of denial. Somebody will give God praise if you say, I love me. I love me. Ain't nothing against nobody else, but I love me. Sixth and final one, you can't change other people. Can't change other people. When dealing with other people, no matter how hard you try, sometimes you will be hurt and disappointed and you must choose to heal. That's life. The French say it like this, say la vie. Such is life. No matter how hard you try. Some of you try so hard not to get hurt, you perpetually pick hurters. You try not so I just don't want to be hurt. I just don't want to be hurt. I just don't want to be hurt. And you let the lion in the house. Which, by the way, the Lord spoke to me in a dream. I don't know who this is for last night. Uh, th there was a lion in an aquarium. At, you know, you know, some of you. <laughs> if it's for you, I'll know because your prayers is going to say it. And, 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 and he used it. It was really interesting because God, he speaks to me face, face, mouth, mouth. So we didn't use dreams. But he gave me this image. So I remember the image of shared with somebody. It was a lion that was in an aquarium. It was a glass aquarium. And the lion, watch this. The lion was, watch this. The lion was trapped in this aquarium. And the lion was trying to break forth. And the lion was trying to get out. Now, it's interesting that this is coming back to my remembrance as we're talking about Judah. Because the symbol of Judah is a lion. You missing it? Which means God says, for some of you, I'm totally interrupting the message here. I'll finish the point in a minute. For some of you, your issues with people have trapped your praise, have trapped your worship. 
and you're not even shouting and giving God praise and giving God glory and praying because you got some issues with some people. There's a lion on the inside of you that has been trapped. But I, at the end of the dream, the lion busted up out of that glass of crayon. Somebody's praise, somebody's worship has got to bust loose right now. Don't let your issues with people. Yeah. Yeah. Touch your neighbor and say, it's not worth it. Tell somebody else, say, it's not worth it. I know you're frustrated with them, get over it. I know you're mad at them, get over it. I know they hurt you, get over it. I know it doesn't feel good, get over it. There is a lion trapped on the inside of you that's trying to bust out. But today, but today. You're not even praying because you got an issue with a person. You won't even worship because you got an issue with a person. Somebody's sitting at home streaming right now because you got an issue with a person. And God says, your lion, Judah, is trapped. But he's trapped in a glass of curry, which means he can watch everything else happen. He just can't participate in it because he got people problems. Let me help you understand something. You cannot change other people. You are not a rescue ranger. Now, I know we all used to be, at least I was, I used to be the captain of the local rescue ranger committee. You do know what a rescue ranger, Chip and Dale's do. Rescue ranger, Chip and Dale, rescue rangers. Won't God do it? Chip and Dale's. Oh, rescue ranger. Y'all had, I were doing that for the invitation. Let me tell you something. Some of y'all, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I'm gonna help. Well, I, if I hit you with this, and watch this, I want you to get up and spin around. This is why am I spinning? So that you can see yourself interrupting this cycle. For some of you, the people you find in all relationship contexts, here's the truth. The reason you keep getting disappointed is because you keep finding projects. You keep trying to find folk you can fix. And if ain't nothing wrong with them, you think something wrong with them. Here it is. Show the, show the people of God. Touch your neighbor and say, you are not a rescue ranger. Some of you, watch this, please, please understand. Some of you get frustrated in friendships because you find friends that you know, that you know. Okay, it's quiet here. You already know they ain't trying to go nowhere. Don't want to go nowhere. They happy with life. They don't think nothing greater is available. In fact, they look at you crazy because you come here and discover I am a king and a priest and I am the head and not the tail. They think you're crazy that you say you're a king and a priest. They think you're crazy that you want more than life than to just live in 80205, 802.112, whatever. They think something wrong with you. And you find them and then you start being a project fixer. And you want to work on them. And you spend all your time during the week fixing. They call you after church. You just got filled. They drain you up. Before you leave the parking lot, you're drained. Let me tell you what to do next time. Next time they call you with all that drama, say, uh-uh. HarvestCC.me. Text the word harvest to the number 59769. 
Well, you ain't going to talk to me. No, because I just found out it's okay to quit the rescue rangers. Today, I'm giving you permission to quit the rescue rangers. If they don't want to be rescued, let them die. If they don't want to go nowhere, let them stay down there. Just your neighbor say, your permission has been granted. And some of them aren't friends. Some of them are family folk. And you sit there and you keep pulling and pulling and pulling. Let them stay there and die. Bishop, that's my family. No, it's not. Let me get ahead of myself. We're going in a series, not after this one, but the one after the next one. About family. We're going to deal with some family stuff. And please listen, Jesus redefined family. Jesus doesn't call family everybody the Joneses, the Johnsons, the, the, the Ricochets, the, the Ratchets. The Lord doesn't define family that way. Bishop Foreman, what are you trying to say? There was a time when Jesus was up preaching and Jesus' mother and his brothers came while Jesus was preaching and they tried to side check him. What do you mean Bishop side check him? What they were trying to say is Jesus, you see we out here, you ain't going to acknowledge our presence out here? And they said, Jesus, your family is outside. They said, your mother and your brothers, they're outside. And Jesus said, who is my mother and my brothers? He said, whoever does the will of my father, this is my family. Which means there's a difference between family and relatives. We might be related, but that doesn't make us family. Family means we're headed in the same direction. All you and I got is the same blood. Are you still here? And watch this, watch, be seated. I'm 10 minutes old. Say, I'm not a rescue ranger. Say it like you mean it. Say, I'm not a rescue ranger. You can't change them. And I know, please understand, anybody got a top gift of spiritual gift of mercy, mercy in your top five? I know, God, dog, Jesus, Shata. Come out in the name of Jesus. Lay hands on myself. Come out. I'm telling you, I do it. I, I ain't been doing it lately. I know that's supposed to be going. I ain't been laying hands on myself lately to command mercy to come up out of me. Not to cast it out. Because unrestrained mercy is destructive. Bishop, why? Because you become an enabler, which makes you an idol. Because they ain't even going to try to follow God's word. They're just going to call you. They ain't going to try to tithe. They're just going to ask you to let them hold something. That's why some of you got to be careful when you get a little change in your pocket. You make an announcement telling everybody you got a little something. Okay. Listen, you're going to help some people and some people will forget that you were the bridge that got them over. Anybody ever had that happen? And the tip about being a bridge is that they have to walk on you to get to where they're going. The least you could do is turn around and say thanks. Can we all just give God a Judah praise for the fact that we've been walked on, but we're still here. We've been betrayed, but we're still here. We've been mistreated, but we're still here. People have done us wrong, but we're still here. People have walked all over us and talked about us, but we are still here. Somebody shout. Watch. And naturally, that may make you sorrowful. It hurts to be hurt. Let's not sit up here and pretend. I know you strong in front of folk. And then when you get in the car, you ain't nothing but a punk. By punk, I mean weak emotionally. Talking about I cried the whole time home. 
Why come you all big and bad up in front of folk? Bishop, I cried all last week. A woman wrote a book called Yesterday I Cried. Doesn't ever say, wipe them tears from your eyes. Watch this. When you're bridge, people may walk over you. And it hurts to be hurt. And naturally, it may make you sorrowful. But listen to me. Spiritually, it's seed that you're sowing. Because here's the temptation. The temptation is, and I know we've all been there. I've been there. The temptation is, is when you've been hurt, the temptation is, is to create walls. Ain't nobody going to hurt me. The problem is you lock the hurt in with you. The wall you erected to protect you is the wall that's actually killing you. It's quiet here. Now, no, no, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. It may make you sorrowful. It may make you cry. It may make you angry. It may make you mad. It may make you cuss. But spiritually, it's seed that you're sowing. And let me say this too. Because some people, a lot of people, when I listen to a lot of people's stories, some people are like, Bishop, I was really hurt by that. You weren't hurt. You had an inappropriate expectation. Sometimes, Bishop, I was really hurt by that. No, you weren't hurt. Your expectation was off. That's not hurt. That's just a misplaced expectation. I don't expect, please understand, um, um, yesterday, I, uh, I, I had uh, uh, my, my vehicle, they, they, they did a, just a simple rotating balance on my tires, right? And they did it several weeks ago. Now, the issue is, is I, my, I like my automobiles to drive a certain way, and that's the way they're going to drive. I pay the cost, be the boss, it's going to work the way I want it to work. And so I could tell that the balance was off. Like, this is not how this drives. This is not how this rides. I took it back one time. And they said, oh, it was off. I said, so y'all got it right this time. Oh, yes, sir, Bishop, we got it. It's all good. I said, all right, good. It was off. I took it back a third time. I said, now look here. Who's in charge? You go do it. And they said, oh, Bishop, yep, we saw, we did this, we did this, we did this, this, and this, and, and we got it, we got it handled, and we, and we did all that, and it's great, and it's awesome, and it's wonderful. And I said, okay. Now, an hour later, I took it to another, another shop and said, let me just see what y'all have done. And they said, we don't know what they did. It's off by five. I said, okay, now y'all really don't understand because I'm operating in patience and grace. But, but the Bible says in Hebrew 12 that the grace of God can be frustrated. So, so y'all about to frustrate my grace. And so, and so, then, so then I just said, maybe y'all just don't know what y'all doing in this area. So I just said, okay, just calm down, relax. I said, go to another one. I went to another one. This was this past Monday when the, when the rain, the open, the floodgates opened. And we prayed for it on Sunday, and they sure did open on Monday afternoon. Monday afternoon, I was like, O-M to the Jira. And so bad. And so I said, okay, all right, this is not going to work for me. I said, this is, and, it, and I said, it's messing with me. And now that I'm paying attention to it, it's bothering me. Touch your neighbor and say, this is going somewhere with this story. Now, here's the deal. My expectation was, is that while y'all may not know how to get it right, got it? You can't make it worse. Now, when I brought it to you, I didn't have this here problem. It is now in a worse state than when I brought it to you. 
So unless this is the episode of Punk, I see, and then somebody better give me a contract and pay me. So I can sew it. So I said, all right, good. I said, okay, this ain't going to work no more. And so well, I, says, I got on the phone, and I got to the highest chief in the land for the company. And I called him, and in three minutes, he called me back. I said, uh, sir, I said, look here. And I walked into it. I said, this ain't going to work. And so we took it, and, and they said, oh, we got it, we got it. And they found these other little things. They said, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's this, maybe it's this. I said, I ain't heard all that for no rotate and balance. It rotate and balance. I mean, I just turn them and, and make them straight. I don't understand what the problem is. So they, could, they didn't get it, rid again, did get it right again. And so I noticed as I was driving to our engagement on Friday night, as I was driving to, 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 to the church I was ministering at on Friday night, I said, it still ain't right. I said, ooh, Shondo. Well, I said, I'm talking about expectation. So then on, on that next morning, yesterday was day, Sunday, yesterday morning, I said, well, call, um, I said, call them. And I said, because look here. I said, now, I, this, I, I know they're real nice. But nice is not the same as efficient. So I said, now they're going to have to get it right. And they're going to have to get it right today. So, so, I, I, so it ended up, I ended up being the one taking it in. So I take it in and I say, look here, is so-and-so here? And they said, no, he walked out down the street to do this. I said, well, do you know what's supposed to happen? This is what he said. He said, well, Bishop, uh, yes, sir, we're supposed to give you uh, a four brand new tires. I said, no, you don't know what you're talking about. I said, because that's not what's supposed to happen. He said, no, sir, uh, what we're going to do, watch this, is because you've had all these issues and you've been such a good, loyal, faithful uh, customer to us. We're just going to replace everything for you and upgrade what you have. I went for a rotating balance, got all of it free. Now, now I don't tell a lot of the stuff God does for me because I don't want people to get no, you know, add to me because I ain't the one for all that. Now, now watch this. Mr. Former, what are you trying to say? My expectation was that they were just going to move the other one that they had moved back to the back. And I was going to take it to somebody that knew how to do it. Just, just put them back the way you found it. Just put it back to how you found it and I'm going to be all right. But if this wheel shakes one more time, it's going to be some smoke in the city. Bishop Foreman, what are you trying to say? My expectation was exceeded. And because my expectation was succeeded, I went in a little mad. But my expectation was changed to where I was talking about, I got to send in my own praise report to the tell them with people you, sometimes your issue is you have an expectation for them to perform at this but the reality is they're not that they can only perform down here got it okay now you said what does that have to do with your analogy it's real simple it's because sometimes you're not hurt sometimes your expectation was misplaced And when expect, expectations are misplaced, often motives are also misplaced also. It's quiet in here and I'm out of time. But what's this? What's this? Trying to change other people through any type of manipulation will not work long term. It will not work long term. They may do it for a while. And then all of a sudden, the real them is going to manifest. Here it is. And I got I to finish. I got to write this. People do what they want to do. And if they want to do better, or excuse me, if they don't want to do better and be better, you can't change them. Pray for them. And here it is, folks. Here it is, church. Here it is, harvest. Here it is. Either press forward or be patient. It got quiet in the church right there. 
And if you choose to be patient with them, that means you can't complain while you're being patient. Patient isn't waiting. Patient is how you wait. You're not going to change them. You're not going to change them. Your anointing oil is not going to change them. The one thing we were never given jurisdiction over was other people. That's why God created judgment as a way to correct the rebellious. Because even God says, if that's what you want to do, do it. Now, there's a consequence for it. But I'm not going to make you do it. Because people do what they want. You can't change other people. So today, watch this. These are just things I wish somebody would have told us. Got it? You're wasting your energy if you're trying to change somebody. And that doesn't mean you don't encourage them. That doesn't mean you don't build them up. That doesn't mean you do those kind of things. But at the end of the day, watch this. Sometimes the reason you get hurt, and I got I to gotta quit right here. Sometimes the reason you get hurt is because your expectation is predicated upon your hope for change. They told you, I'm going to do better. So watch this. Your expectation became their confession rather than their reality. In all relationship contexts. And so now you're walking around with an attitude at church and an attitude at work and an attitude at the DMV and an attitude at the Target because you're bourgeois. But the reality is, is you weren't hurt. You simply misplaced your expectation. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com holiday ah feel the whoa with listerine at bj's you can save two dollars and fifty cents now on listerine products like total care anti-cavity fluoride fresh mint mouthwash or cool mint pocket packs fresh breath strips at your nearest bj's location experience the feeling of a million germs zapped in seconds with listerine discount available through december 24th save now only at bj's 